Hey, what's happening, people? This is your boy, Charles Venn, and you are now tuned into Freddie Nwaka's Room 26 podcast. And I thought, there's no way you could tell me that if I want to do my thing, I can't do it. Seal's just done it. Henry's just done it. Why can't, why the hell can't we? And that gave me all of the impetus and the belief I needed. Hey guys, so welcome to Room 26 podcast with me, Freddie Nawaka. Just a, you know, casual, laid back, unadulterated conversation with friends, celebrity guests, and you, of course. Hold on, you are listening, right? All right, good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Room 26 podcast with Freddie Nwaka. Freddie, you there? I'm always here, man. I was here before you. (laughs) Oh, good, man. How you doing, brother? I am good. Loving the weather today. Time with the family. Can't complain, really. No doubt, man. I feel feel powerful today, you know. I feel blessed. You know, you just wake up feeling blessed. Yeah, that's how I feel today, man. It's because it's because you've had that fresh trim. That, people can't see it, but I can see it. That fresh, that trim looking <laughs> fresh, brother. <laughs> today, oh, so today on the phone, I've got I've got my boy, man. You know what? This is my brother, man, Charles Wren. What are you saying, Charles, bro? I'm very good, my brother, man. Very, very blessed. Hey, man. It's just a pleasure to be on the show, my man. You know what I mean? Brother, it's crazy. It's like I ain't seen you. In, I think the last time I saw you, you was on Oxford Street, just before the um the start of the madness and we bumped into each other and we was having a quick chat. It feels like it feels like it was another lifetime, man. It does feel like that, do you know what I mean? And in some ways it probably kind of was, if I'm going to be honest with you, because right now we're moving to a kind of new juncture in, in life at the moment, it seems. But yeah, I think I saw you last year, it was around about maybe, uh, ooh, October, was it October, September maybe? Bro, I can't remember, man. It just seems like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it feels like an age ago for sure. Crazy. So how, how did you find the lockdown, the whole not being able to go out and all that stuff? How like, how you find that? Do you know what? Initially, I ain't going to lie. At first, it was, um, was kind of weird because I said to the missus, you know what? Work was getting intense. I was going through uh, an intense storyline on, on casualty. And, um, and I was like, man, it'd be nice to have a break, you know? It'd be nice to have a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepped for this kind of break. So imagine... <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, so, so imagine being here indoors with the family. Um, you know, it's been definitely constructive, positive, but at the same time, testing. You know what I mean? I get time to spend, obviously, time with the family on a level I've never spent. It was really weird the other day. I said to my wife, I said, you know, babe, it's mad. This is probably the longest I've ever spent with you, you know, in one, mm. a whole 20 years. This is the longest I've ever spent with you consistently. Because obviously you have to break up the, you know, break up the patterns, right? You go work, you might be away for, you know, on a gig for a couple of months or a week, come back. So that time is broken. Nah, we've been solid together now in our, each other's company for the last three and a half months. And, and you know what? And that is testing. That's one of those ones there. You know, like, boy, I, I, listen, a lot of relationships will be tested by that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because like... A lot of the time you get a chance to walk out or to go to the shop or leave the house. But this whole time has been full on. So I feel like there'll be a lot of relationships that have either got stronger or they've got worse in this time. 
definitely is the, the truth serum that's coming out now, boy. The true test, the true te uh, truth barometer, boy, has come out now because of this, this quarantine, you know what I mean? So he's not even the most been testing. They've been tested, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As far as he's been tested, I, yeah, there's been a number of relations probably now that have broken up as a result of this. And that somehow just yeah, and become even stronger. No doubt. You know, what I was thinking. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking. Like, I was just thinking. Like, how long have I known you? Like, brother, we go back, right? We go back to when you was Charlie, Charles Venice. That's right. That's right. Chucky Venice. That's right. Chucky Venice. Yes. So it was Chucky Venice. Then it was Chucky Venice. Then it was Chucky Ven. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then it's now it's you coming like Puffy, bro. Like Diddy, Puffy. <laughs> Diddy, Puff Daddy, Daddy, Diddy, Daddy, Diddy, Diddy, Daddy, Daddy, like. <laughs> Next thing is going to be okay, Chuku. I'm going to start using my middle name. Do you know what Come I'm on. You know what I mean? But you know, it's deep. I'll even go, I'll even go mad and further than that. I've known you. Imagine, we're talking the moonlighting days. Like, wow. You know, Pierre, I remember you, man, and Pierre and, and Merlin. No, they man, they, I remember all of that. That was us. That's, that's, we're talking now. That's what, 1990. Two, three, something like that. Do you know what I mean? That's every Thursday night on a Thursday evening, moonlighting. Yeah. I used to come out on stage and perform. Bro, yeah. you was rapping back then. I swear you was rapping then as well. Yeah. I used to do a little bit of rapping. I, yeah, I did a bit of rapping, you know what I mean? But obviously, I <laughs> a little bit, you know what I mean? And these times, I was kind of modeling myself on Tupac. And I remember them times there, I was just heavy on the writing. And I must have been, that was, yeah, a good couple of years. But that was during that era, for sure, for sure. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. That's foundation. No, brother. That's over 20 years, King. I, I had hair. I had hair then. My beard was the same. My, my, my beard was the same color. Now it's like. We're in our 40s now, bro. Seven, please, God, next, next, next week. That's just mad. That's wow, mad. Time flies, man. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you. Because obviously we all know you—you you got a very distinctive face. Like when it comes to um, acting, we like your face just stands out. Yeah, um, out of EastEnders and Casualty, two complete different characters. How? Firstly, how do you get into the zone to become two complete different people? Like, and make them appear different. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's very easy to be an actor and play the same roles, but you're playing two completely different roles in two different shows. So how do you get into that zone to be two different people, if that makes sense? It all starts with the, um, is, 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 is comprehending who the character is. And um, I mean, it's, it's all in that prep. When you find out what the character's backstory is, where he, where he came from, you know what I mean? Um, um, you know, what this dude smells like, what he, what he, you know what I mean? What, what he does probably in his, in his own personal time recreation it's about creating a formulating this picture of who this man is you know what i mean you find out the do's and don'ts the why's the where's the who the what you know um um what is his, his negatives what are his positives when i start to build up that composition that picture then he gives me a basis it gives me a basis to kind of play off and when i play off that it kind of almost starts to work by itself but that's because i've been just this information about this character that I then just like I said I formulate this persona as a result but it's all within the context of who that character is whoever the writer was this is what they wanted for that character you understand when I get that breakdown and that description I have to work around that so in many ways I'm puppeteered by what the character is that that's probably the best way for me to describe it, you know what I mean 
um, because it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's process, it's repetition, and it's just familiarization. Once I'm familiar with who your character is, after a while, you start playing him for so long, he just, you embody him. So once you've embodied this person and this character, do you ever forget to not stop being that character? <laughs> like, have you ever become that character so much that he's taken over Charles? You know what? Um, I've been one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm an actor that can leave the work. Nine out of ten times, I can leave the work on the floor. But what you find at times is, what, what you find at times is that when you are doing a really challenging scene, playing that character could be highly emotional. You know, and it could be, and I'm talking about a lengthy storyline where you, you're, you're kind of uh, invested and committed to this particular emotional journey the character's going, going on for maybe two weeks or three weeks. That becomes a bit challenging. That. Mm, mm. Uh, there was um, a storyline I had where I was, my character's mother, Omo, she uh, came into the picture and uh, they had a very checkered history. And as a result, um, he finds out his mother is suffering from terminal cancer. She's got maybe a couple weeks, possibly a month wow. to live. And he has to now formulate a kind of relationship with her and make the most of the time that she's left on, on, on earth. We went through, and I was, and Omar was played by uh, the wonderful um, Ellen Thomas. And literally, man, it was emotional every damn day. Every damn day, we were shedding tears. It was a lot of... T tension and and you know what I mean it was just a, it was it was just just intense and I'm coming wow. home and I was carrying some of that back with me so that's what I mean about it depends on the kind of storyline that you're dealing with at the time if you're just dealing with the flirty flirty sweet boy stuff or you know what I mean and it's lovey dovey stuff that's cool that's easy you can do it out and you know walk away if it's light bit mm. of action light I see that as light but when you're talking about really affairs of the heart that's difficult knowing you as long as I've known you away from the acting as my friend, do you know what I'm saying? As my buddy, as my brother, um, and then seeing you on, on TV and in films acting, you don't always get to appreciate the art form. Because obviously I just see you as, you're Charles, you know what I mean? You're my, you're my brother. But when we worked together on AWOL, brother, you blew me away, man. Like, I'm not even gonna lie, your, your attention to detail. I remember when we spoke about it and I sent you the scripts and you was like, well, Freddie, I like this, I like this. And even though I knew you was going to deliver, I was not expecting what you came with, bro. You totally smashed it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was in awe watching you, I guess, do what you do, man. Mad. You know what? Um, you know, like you said, when you gave me that script, and I remember, you know, obviously, as you know, you're always passionate and you, you're, you're just giving me a breakdown of what this, this, the role consisted of. And I remember thinking, okay, cool, cool. Let me read this thing. And I remember reading and I'm literally halfway through I was like, wow, okay, this is some intense stuff. This is intense stuff. This is like, uh, it's like a war movie meets Ghost. It was crazy. And then to see the, the twist at the end, I was like, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I wrote to myself, I'll be offended if Freddie doesn't give me this role. I want to play this guy, you know what I mean? And um, it was, once again, you have laid out the character very so clear, lucid, and so vivid who he was. The, the picture was painted for me. So I, I knew, all right, cool. It was easy for me to create a backstory with this guy. Do you know what I mean? And um, uh, I, I said, okay, all right, let's do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tear this one up. I'm, I'm literally going in on this one. I was so excited about doing it. And um, the way it was laid out and the freedom you gave me on the floor, 
to express and do my thing. And I love the fact, like you said, you were receptive to the, to the, you know, the ideas and suggestions I made, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's so important. It's lovely for an artist, for an actor to feel he has freedom to kind of express himself but still keep within the context of who the character is, not steering too far away from that. And you gave me the freedom to do that, which I really appreciate, you know? And I even remember the, um, when we made the suggestion with the haircut. I always remember the haircut thing. <laughs> 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 I always remember the haircut. And I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, we, we went with that. You like the idea. And I said, all right, cool. You know, when we do this flashback, I'm going to cut the hair straight so we can clearly see that gap in time. Do you know change. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way a man can go from having a clean trim to just growing a full-on beard and, and you know, <laughs> like that. You can't do that within the space of a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you can't make that illusion. That was powerful. So it was, it was great, man. Great experience, man. And you know what? It was. I mean, even at the premiere, well, the whole the whole thing was amazing, man. And um, I was talking to um, who was that? Was I was speaking to the other day. I think on one of the podcasts we were talking. Oh no, me and No Clark was talking. I had Aaron in Brotherhood, but Aaron was also one of the leads in AWOL. and of course he's not with us no more, man. And I feel like it's that hit me hard, man. I remember we was at some. We were somewhere together. I think we was at yes. a show together. And we were yeah. watching. The, the official screening, the premiere of, of, of AWOL. And I remember, you know, obviously you had a full house. You always have full houses, as you know, at your, at your, your dues. <coughs> and uh, yeah, we, we were sitting next to each other watching it and just remember how emotionally, uh, you know, pained you were to see, you know, our beautiful brother Aaron, man, you know, just performing and delivering a powerhouse performance, man. That scene, even now I kind of get a bit emotional thinking about it. I remember the scene where, uh, you know, where we're on the battlefield and um, Aaron is just delivering this authentic, organic performance of just a man who's close to death and just hoping somehow he's going to get out of this, hoping, but he's already, but he knows he's going to die and his insides are, are spilling out. And, and I remember the music, the powerful, intense music that you, you chose for that scene. And yeah, and we just we were just gripping each other in this, this beautiful moment of solidarity and just emotional connection because the scene, this thing, it was deep, man, deep, deep. Yeah, bro, I, bro, I'll never forget that, bro. Like, even now, talking to you, I'm getting goosebumps. I remember you held my arm, because I yeah. was crying, bro. I had tears coming down my face, and you held my arm, and I'll never forget, you said, Freddie, man, it's going to be all right. That meant so much, because I was in bits that day, man. And I'll never, and, and never forget, I remember, um, after Aaron performed, that, that bit, remember, because he, he wasn't an actor, he was no. just a guy that loved acting. And he said to me, well, Freddie, um, Charles said I was good, and he was so he was so uh, jubilated and so happy and so excited that somebody that he respected in the industry and somebody who knows their craft could look at someone like him who's not an actor and say, "Raw, you smashed your scene!" Like that meant so much to him, man. It's like, you know what I mean? That makes me emotional hearing that. I don't remember you ever telling me that. I I, I didn't. He, he came to me, he came to me, and he was so excited, bro. He, he was like, um, after the scene, Charles was saying that I smashed it and I should carry on with acting and blah, 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 blah. And the look in his eyes, do you know what I'm saying? I know Aaron, I know where he came from, I know where he wanted to go, do you know what I'm saying? And that look in his eyes, I don't think you, you and Noel are two people that have done so much for him on that trajectory. Um, unfortunately, sometimes life gets, gets the better of you and he wasn't able to sustain it, but... In the journey from AWOL to Brotherhood, you, you helped him fulfill his dreams. Do you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for what you done with him and what you said to him, he may not have gone on to do Brotherhood. And this is why I tell people it's important as men 
that we congratulate each other and tell each other, you know what, you've done well, you've done good. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you don't know how you're influencing somebody else. And you really did influence him, bro. God Do you know bless. what I mean? I knew that, man. That means, uh, that means the world to hear that. You know, from such a, a beautiful, passionate, passionate brother, man. Like you said, I just, um, yeah, just wanted to just, he, he just wanted the best for himself. He wanted the best for his family. You know what I mean? Um, I always remember him saying to me, he said, what? Well, it always stuck out. He said that when he would look from his balcony and he would see the lights, he would look see West End. He could see West End and, and the city centre from his balcony. And he just said, you know, man, I, I really want to be on that side. I want to know what that really feels like, really being part of that. I always remember him saying that. And, and yeah, for, for, the, for a time, he, he got to experience it, man. This is the thing, right? You are a role model to a lot of people, man, believe it or not, or if you don't think you are, but trust me, you are. A lot of people are inspired by your journey. A lot of people are inspired, me, me for one. I only have people on my podcast that inspire me. So you've always inspired me. How do you remain so humble, bro? Like, you've got to be one of the most humblest guys that I know. Like, whenever I, bro, whenever I reach out to you for anything, you're always there. If you can make it, you will always make it. You're never like, even if you've got work, you're like, right, Freddie, let me see if I can juggle work. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let me see if I can move something. I don't think you've ever told me no. It's always been, let me see if I can move something. Or, and the thing is, even if you can't, then you call me back and be like, Freddie, I'm really sorry. Like, how do you remain so grounded, so down to earth and so humble? Bro, uh, thank you for those kind words, firstly, my brother. Um, I think remaining humble and grounded, man, I think that comes from, uh, from obviously my parental, my, my, my parents, if you will, particularly my mother. Um, always teaching me that doesn't matter what their social class is, what their situation is, how hard their situation may be. You talk to everyone the same. You look at them, you see them, you understand? Which is why to this day, I see a beggar on the street, I will talk to him. I will at least look him in the eye. If I say I don't have money, I will tell him. You don't just walk past it. don't know what that is. That person may be an angel in disguise. The same people that you see on the way up are the same people that you will see on the way down. You understand what I'm saying to you? Mm -hmm. I grew up very... I had a check in history, you know what I mean? Not many know it, but, I, you know, I, I went through some crazy stuff. I did some crazy things. But, you know, as a kid, I grew up poor for the most part. My mom worked three jobs, you understand? You know, my dad wasn't necessarily stepping to the plate like he should have, you know? And uh, so my mom was the, the, the main role model in my life at that time. And um, imagine, I'm literally like, I had to deal with, you know, taking hand-me-downs, you know what I mean? I grew up around that. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah, now, yeah, same. Are blessed. See what I'm saying? So when you come from that, yeah, and I remember all I wanted, I remember I got my first pair of Nikes. I coveted all the things that my friends had. Like, I got my first pair of Nikes when I was in like year six or something like that. And it was the response I got from having a pair of Nikes. I felt like I was part of a club. All of a sudden, <laughs> it was crazy. Those were just dreams for me, you understand? So, so you know, for me, I always felt like I was the underdog. Um, so imagine when I first got my first gig, coming from how hard I had to work to get to that point uh, and seeing exactly how the game plays, how certain people behave when they're, when, when they're in the positions of power or, or, or no, who have had great opportunity or six moments of success and seeing how they behave and how they conduct themselves. I looked at the ones that were humble. I looked at the ones that were cool one minute and when they got a level of success, they behaved differently. And I thought, I don't want to be like that. It's just too, it's so, it's so 
disingenuous. I can't do that. So I said to myself, that's it. That's, that's the way I'm going to conduct myself. I'm going to conduct myself the way that dude is who spoke to me consistent, regardless where his situation was. He always spoke to me the same. And that's how I want to be. And then I looked at people like Muhammad Ali's and, you know, who was humble enough to, he would sometimes sit two, three hours and sign autographs for the everyday man. You understand what I'm saying to you? Mm, and mm. he will live on and we love him. You understand what I'm saying? So these are the people I looked up to and I was inspired by. So I said, yo, if I'm in a position of success or influence, I have to be the same. I have to conduct myself the same way. Got to. No, that, that definitely makes sense, man. I mean, you grew up Mo- Mozart, right? I didn't even, you, 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 and this is the funny thing, you know, I didn't even know. You know, back in the day, I was in so much beef with those guys over in Mozart, you know. I don't even think that I even, I, I, I must have, I did know you, but I just didn't know you was from Mozart. And I was in so much wars with like, with gang days, like with them guys, man. And it's just funny now, when I was, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, where does he even come from? I know you come from that area, but I just didn't know it was Mozart. Mozart was just like, that was, that was the, the concrete jungle. That was like, it was, it was, you know the thing about Mozart? What was beautiful about Mozart was it felt village-like. Everyone knew everybody, you understand? The man there, Mozart boys, the gangs and that. Yes, bumped heads. It was always still very communal. Avenues, the social youth centre. We all hung out, did our thing, you know what I mean? And got to no good and crap joke and laugh. And you know what I'm saying to you? Uh, uh, the, the, the ends was just one way. It felt like a big community. And, um, and like, as I was doing something, or I did something naughty, you know, uh, and I'm talking, obviously, being from Nigerian, yeah? Nigerian origin. Yeah. I'm talking that because I grew up around predominantly, it was a St. Lucian community. And... Okay. Uh, and you know, some of some of my my friends' mums would tell me off if I was doing bad, and they would tell my mum. You know what I'm saying to you? <laughs> so it was like, yeah, you know, the old saying. You know, what I mean, it takes a village to raise a village. A takes a right? village. Exactly that. So the kind of you know, what I mean, the, the kind of characteristics I acquired from that man was uh, it was invaluable to me. You know what I mean? That's kind of made me the man who I am today. And we were talking, you know, I was talking to, we've got a mutual friend that we both love. And I was talking to him the other day about you, James. We went, I went to, I went to go and visit him. It was in his house. And um, we were talking about AWOL. Yes. And yeah. we went, James Samuels, we went way back. And it was like, we were just trading stories and rare, rare, rare. And it was like, your name came up. And it was like, Charles is my boy. And it, 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 it was a beautiful thing. Like two brothers sharing love and talking about another brother in high esteem. Do you know what I'm saying? It was, it was just a beautiful thing, man. Like, we both know you from, from different angles. We both got different relationships with you, but the love is the same. Like you said, because we, you know, uh, uh, we're talking about basically, effectively, two, three people who met each other at different times, but like you said before, have the same level of respect and, lo- and love for each other as a result of that. And it's mm. a mad because you know, and, and James will, will, will always, he always says this, he boasts about this. If not for James, I don't know if I necessarily would have got into acting when I did. Yeah, he did because say that. <laughs> I got into acting, it was, it was kind of by chance. And it was because James, we, uh, James just bought this video camera and um, we were, we'd gone to Queen's Park, um, big park in there uh, and then Kilburn Lane area. And, um, and he, he said, you know what, man them, I was with, um, I was with uh, uh, Ariel, James's brother, Faisal, uh, I can't remember who the other brother was there. And he said, you know what, can we make up this scene? I said, all right, cool. I like movies, I like acting, it was fun, but I never really thought about taking it seriously. 
And he goes, right, Chucks, you're going to be the set um, collector, yeah? You've got to get this money from this brother. This is going to happen, that's going to happen. He gave it a beginning. He had a beginning, middle, and end. And I said, all right, cool. Didn't think anything of it. Action. I'm just doing the scene. I'm just trying to, you know, use all the little things and the influences from all the films. I like trying to just <laughs> in this little mock-up scene. Bam, 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 bam. Cut to them. Scene ends. And Jay's goes to me, just chucks. Because, yeah, you should think about acting. You, you, you got, yeah, got a couple, couple skills there, bro. Nice. And I went, oh, nice one, Jay's. Thanks. <laughs> I never thought about acting. I always thought I was going to be involved in athletics or, or, you know, sports related. I was always an athlete from, when, from, from day dot. And I thought, you know what? I was about 19 at the time. And I said, you know what? Why don't I give it a go? I never really thought about it, but let's, let's try it. I'm, mm. I'm, young enough and literally this was during summer so as opposed to me now going to do the sports thing at college I said let me just try and do the acting thing give it a year brother I'll never forget the day I went in performing arts VTech performing arts and I went in the first day and we did this scene it was just playing this kind of funny enough it was a war scene and um and and I just and my uh, my soldier mate was about to die and and I'm saying some last choice words to him before he passes and I and, um, and I just remember that it was like, it was, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone was just listening and watching. And I remember just feeding off that energy. Like, raw. I'm really, really engaged. It's like committed to the characters. I did the thing. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember the round of applause that came from that. I'm like, whoa. Where the hell has this been all my life? How come it's only now? This <laughs> is crazy. I love this thing. And from there, that was it. It was a wrap. I never looked back. And you know what's funny? When you do James, you sound just like him. Like, when you're doing the expression... <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you said you, you just said, and what you just said there is exactly how he explained it to me. And when you're doing his mannerisms, it's just so funny. It's like I'm watching James in Charles's body. <laughs> you have to understand now, me and James, yeah, me, James, Ariel, um, um, Matt, uh, my brother, Sharky, Sly, Faisal, Wahab. I mean, you know, what I mean, uh, um, Abranti. We all grew up in the same. Like we all had dreams like Aaron had we had dreams about hitting the heights and being involved in in, in the center of it you know what I mean and we always mm. spoke about doing our thing we never believed at any point there was going to be any kind of stumbling blocks or barricades we were going to bust for it or jump over it but we were going to do our thing and I remember the day seal yeah our big brother seal um this is James's brother he uh he picked up three Brit Awards on stage. I remember I was in, we were in the yard and we were watching that. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's us. That's, that's, that's the man. And that's a man from local. He, he, he recorded Killer just down the road on Kilburn Lane, just out next door to my school in the studio there. This man is on stage right now picking up three Brit Awards. Gangsta. I remember he had a red <laughs> suit on. He was raggo. The man picked up three Brit Awards. One of the very few to ever, ever, ever distinguished with that accolade and I thought there's no way you can tell me that if I want to do my thing I can't do it Seal's just done it Henry's just done it why can't why the hell can't we and that gave me all of the impetus and the belief I needed and then wow. from there that was it we were on a very positive strong structure people and James definitely was our, our, our leader in that sense he was the one that was doing it and he was making moves mm. so we were inspired I mean, so if you so if you wasn't acting now, because I think you kind of touched it, if you wasn't acting, what would you be doing? 
yeah, I would have been involved in sports. I, I really, I, I honestly thought that athletics was, um, was going to be my way forward. I was, you know, fast runner. I loved Daley Thompson. I really thought I was going in that direction. Mm. Um, personal training was something I was very passionate about doing, you know. Um, um, so that was the route. I really thought that was the way I'd be going. And you know what? When you came into the scene, like on the acting scene, you came, you came in as this, as this, this um, hot, chocolate, ripped, like guy, like, 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 like a heart from, isn't it? Like, you know, like a heart from. And I know that all the women, all the women was on Charles Red Night. That, that time there, when you came in, it was like, rah, look, people, women licking their lips, looking at the TV screen and all that kind of stuff going on. <laughs> you know, um, you know what? It's mad because, you know, to be fair, um, those are two, yeah, those are two productions because Dream Team was the one that I first, that gave me my first break. That was one that was one that was on Sky. Off the back of that, Footballers Wives came off the back. Yes. Of that. Yes. Exactly. Okay. That was, that was the one. And, um, and Footballers Wives was like it was crazy. I, it was everything. That moment encapsulated everything that I'd worked towards. Dream mm. Team gave me the break. Footballers Wives is where things changed a lot. Because, uh, you know, I often tell people back then. It just went around. You understand mm. what I'm saying? It just went around in times this. So at that point, I probably would have been one of the most popular black actors on television at that point. And then Definitely. Yeah, a black, a black man in all his in in, in, in in all his splendor. And it was a black couple, you know, Fina Oluche, right? Mm. Yeah, that was the first time they had ever had a black couple on there. And we were shining, we were, you know, we were we were successful. You understand? And, um, you know, it was just this wonderful picture of just, uh, uh, you know, black brilliance, black excellence. That's what we, we saw being projected on, on, on those screens. And that was a show that was generating six, seven million viewers. So it was a, one, it was a great moment in time, I think, you know, when, 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 I, when, I, when I play back in my mind how that, how that situation came to be. You know what I mean? And um, off the back of that, yeah, it, it, definitely my career started to gather some momentum. There's no doubt I started to become more known, you know? And you know, the interesting thing is, you know, when I, uh, and this is where the hustler's ambition comes into play. When I talk about the street, this, this, the street hustle mentality. When I finished Dream Team, I was on Dream Team for three years. And um, at that, and they decided they weren't going to renew me for the, for the fourth year. So I remember the very last day I went into the office in Free Mill Studios, Bromley by Bo, went in, and I was going to pick up my showreel. It was the first showreel I've ever made. And back then, obviously, internet was very much still a fledgling technology, right? And, um, uh, 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 and DVDs were still really not around at that point. We still had VHSs. So I went and I picked up my VHS showreel. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Now, coincidentally, opposite Dream Team's office was Footballer's Wife's office. So I said to myself, do you know what, man? Why not just give them my showreel? I, know, I mean, that, yeah, I know it's often, it's not necessarily the done thing. You know what I mean? They just wouldn't necessarily recommend going directly to the source. You have to go and do it through the professional routes and blah. But I said, you know what? Most, all they can do is tell me no. All they mm. can do is tell me no. And I come from that world where, you know, like Muhammad Ali said, tell me something I'm not supposed to do and I'm going to do it. My mentality was always been that. So I said, I'm going over, knocked on the door. Lady came out, said, yeah, hi. I said, my name's Chucky Venice. Um, <laughs> Chucky Venice. 
<laughs> I said, my name is Chucky Venice. Um, I'm an actor. Um, I just want to leave my show real with you guys. Uh, if you feel there's a role that suits my profile, please feel free to, you know, contact me. And she looked at me and she went, can you hold on there one second, please? I went, okay. She closes the door, comes back about 50 seconds later. And she says, would you mind coming in and speaking to our cast director? I went, yeah, okay, cool. And then was Maggie Crawford. I go into the room. She shakes my hand and says, thank you for taking the time to meet me. Um, tell me about yourself. I must have spoken for about 20 minutes speaking about my career, literally from day dot to present. And she went, thank you very much. And that was it. Gone. And about a month and a half later, I got a call from my agent saying they wanted to see me for Footballers Wives. And that was literally, and in truth, if not for me seeing them person that day, because I wasn't known like the others, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know, so I probably would have gone past the radar. Yes, I'd done mm. beans, but I wasn't necessarily doing, you know, a whole load of BBC productions and stuff to build up my resume, my name, nah. So I could have easily been bypassed. They wouldn't have seen me. Mm. Have so that was, that's just the hustler's ambition for all those people out there, man, that are trying to, you know what I mean? You know, wondering how far or how hard should I hustle? You got to hustle, man, and sometimes follow your instincts. Have you ever thought about any of any of the other assets, like writing, directing, producing? Have you ever thought to yourself, you know what? I want to I want to produce a, a film or a show, or I want to write. Have you ever thought about any of the other parts of the, the industry? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I've written a couple of uh, uh, productions and um, and made some really short mock short films. Um, but I have a, a short film. Um, um, planning on making and by god's grace i'll have it done by the end of this hopefully late late later on this year anyway as time is kind of flying obviously this whole situation kind of slow things up but yeah to answer your question succinctly yes i'm definitely um things are in the works for sure no that's a good look man and and you know what what would be your ideal film role you know like i mean i act a little bit um obviously i write and direct and people always say to me freddie if you could direct any film or any what would it be so what would be your ideal role if you was able to be cast as anything and in, in anything what would be your ideal role and what would be and why i guess all right firstly it's an understatement to say that you write and direct and act a little bit you you are one of the hardest working grafters and hardest working <laughs> thank you you know what i mean so you know what i mean that's that's let's get that establish that first um secondly the ideal role for me, um, <laughs> I've always said, and I don't care what anyone thinks, I've always said I'd, I'd love to play Bond straight up. Which is? Bond is definitely something that I'm very, very passionate about playing. Um, you know, I just think it's this high time, you know what I mean, that we uh, it's expand the pool with the perception of who Bond is. Um, but outside of that, uh, a superhero role, man. A superhero role. Straight up. Superhero role. That's, you know, which, which, which kind of, you know, yeah, that's something I've been passionate about. That's a role I would love to play and I believe one day I will. But I think the one that probably trumps all of them at this point is a boxing role. I'd love to play a, a boxer of some okay. sort. Very emo I'd love to, an, an emotive journey, seeing somebody overcoming odds, you know, and obstacles. And uh, succeeding, a Rocky S kind of story. That's 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 something I would I would love to play. I'm writing something. Not, not well. I'm writing something now, but not this project now. But I'm writing something that I started a little while ago. Yeah, 
Um, and I feel you would be amazing in it. Yeah. You know when I say that in it, you know when I talk, you know, you know when I talk like that, oh, you God. know, yeah, I've got something that you would be amazing in. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, that's another conversation. <laughs> Highs and lows, bro. What's been your like your highest moment, and what's been your lowest? It's all very well people seeing us as celebrities, role models, and all that kind of stuff. But we're also human. And sometimes we have to humanize what we do. Do you know what I'm saying? And let people know that we also go through things. And so, yeah, what's been one of your lowest moments and what's been one of your highest? Wow. Um, now, when you say that, contextually, meaning that in terms of uh, acting-wise or just generally? how do you? Just generally, just generally. If you, just generally. Do you know what? It's like we, you, you're, you're kind of like, you know what, you're kind of like a picture. Like, <laughs> it's like you're like a painting. Nothing seems wrong. Like, it's like, you know, it's, like, it's almost like we wouldn't, you know, when you look a certain way, your career's gone a certain way, you present a certain way, but I also know you as a brother, which also means that we also have issues and I've gone through certain things. And I feel like in order to let young people understand that it's okay, and it's okay to go through things. It's how you come out the other end, which is most important. It's important to let people know that, yeah, I've, I've, I've had issues too at some point. I've had loads, do you know what I mean? And that's why I ask what's been a moment that's really taken you into a deep place. Um, and what's also been a moment which is where you've been jubilated and felt ecstatic about. Wow, okay. Um, when, I, when I went out for Dream Team, and I remember going for Dream Team and uh, I was so close to getting it. I remember the casting director telling me that Char Ch Chucky, they really like you. Um, this is what they, the, the fee they're planning on paying you, et cetera, et cetera. Because I didn't have an agent at the time. And, um, you know, they're very close to making the decision, but they really like it. And I thought, myself, great, fantastic, great, great, great. And uh, she called me back about three minutes and said, Chucky, they decided to not go with you. They've gone a different direction. And that devastated me i'd worked and grafted you know doing all sorts corporation videos short films da 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 everything music videos you name it just hustling to get to this point and to have it just all come crashing down like that was um very painful and i really was very close to packing it in i just thought man the, the hell with this this business if you don't see talent if you don't see what i'm about man then what the hell was the point then mm. Luckily, I, I, I didn't see, you know, that, that narrative didn't stay too long in my head and I carried on with my career, fortunately. My highest point, wow, my highest point. <laughs> wow, that's a really good question. Do you know what? Um, damn. Uh, you know what? I, I, I remember, okay, I remember it was high, but also it was an emotional point for me was when, I got EastEnders because at the time when I got it, I was, uh, I was doing a play. I was touring with a play and um, I wasn't sure where the next gig was coming from. And I needed this gig. I needed it. You know what I mean? Monetary wise, I needed it. And, um, and I had the audition, had the recall and I was performing in, um, I can't remember where I was, Bradford. I can't remember. And I remember my agent, he was taking I was supposed to get the call that day but I didn't hear anything and it was making me really edgy <laughs> yeah I had to call dude I had to call dude man like come on man yo what's happening I feel like I'm waiting for for an AIDS test result this is crazy what's going on <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me out here what's, what's going on 
And then he said to me, I'll get back to you soon. I'll get back to you soon. Unbeknownst to myself, he was basically negotiating with them. I didn't realize. He just wanted to make sure it was confirmed before he hit me up. And when he hit me up, I, um, I went, oh, my God. And I, I said, thank you. Thank you. I was just, like, really overwhelmed. And I couldn't speak. And he knew, obviously, I was, I was tearing up. But what was mad was I was on the stage because we had done a matinee that day. So I was on the stage. The whole auditorium was clear. But what I didn't realize was that the tannoys and the mics and the everything were on. So everyone <laughs> here, hear me. And all they can hear is, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you. I was literally like, one of my one of my my workmates came up and she went, Are you okay? Are you okay, too? <laughs> Mark my eyes, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'll be just like we could hear because the tannoys were on. But oh my God. And then, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good, it's all good, and I explain what happened. And another high point for me would have to be, um, I think it's the birth of my ch- my first child. Mm. That was a huge, huge high for me, man. That was a huge high for me, because I, you know, I didn't know what it meant to be a, a parent. I didn't know you're, what... You're, but you're like, and this is the thing, bro, you're like, you're a role model father, man. Like, you know, like, your kids must watch TV and see you and be like, that's my dad. Do you know what I'm saying? Because because I look at you and I'm like, that's my brethren. You know, you know, you know, like as 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 a brother, right? And that's your brethren. Like I see you and I'm proud. I'm like, that's my brethren, isn't it? That's my brother. So can I, you imagine how your kids must be when they see you? You know what? I I I, I don't know how other parents view this, but I am always thinking. I wonder if they do. I'm always questioning. I wonder if they do. I hope they do. Because it's mad. When I think about my parents, and um, once again, I'm speaking to you on a level, and I don't often, often talk about these things, but you're my brother, so I feel comfortable to talk to you about this. Um, I remember my father was, um, unfortunately, he was not much of a role model to me, my father. You know what I mean? Um, seen, he wanted to be seen and feared. That was his, anyway, you know, he just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just that unfortunate kind of, kind of father. And um, I don't, recall ever seeing my father work during my my childhood uh my mother was the one that was always working so i remember my friends at school would be talking yeah yeah my dad does this or my dad does that or we got this video cassette we got this video recorder i couldn't engage in those conversations because my dad was mm-hmm. not and i never forget the day my dad one day came back with a suit and i think that's where i get my suit <laughs> yeah dad, yeah Wear, we would wear a suit really well. And um, he came back one day with a suit, with one of his pinstripe dark blue suit with his red tie, white shirt. I'm like, oh, he's working. Wow. And I remember feeling so <laughs> when my dad came back. Next day, came back with the suit. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really working. Okay. Dad, I <laughs> tell my friends that my dad's working. I, I'm not sure what he was doing, but I, he's got <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find out, brother. Five days later, that my dad was doing jury service. I said, "Oh my, oh my days!" Oh, I was gutted. It was jury service. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Normal, regular way. I was like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> <laughs> if I could feel like that, yeah, you know, just the thought of my dad rocking the suit come I'm thinking then man 
well, my kids can see what I'm doing. Every time I speak to them and I lecture them, I'm trying to talk to them. I, I practice what I preach. I've grafted, I've hustled. My, my work speaks for itself. Uh, you know, I, I hope if I pass away tomorrow, that <laughs> proud of me. I hope so. Nah, but, they know, will, bro. Yeah, I've, I've had examples and moments and people have said, and yeah, yeah. Bro, we, trust me, trust me. You're one of those people. We, listen, listen, listen. If you ever doubt it for one second, take it from me. We, I'm speaking for a nation of people. Listen, we are proud of you, bro. Trust me, we are all proud of your achievements. And me personally, me, um, I'm proud of the person you are, the brother you've been towards me, the man you are, the support you've shown me continuously. But like I said earlier, You've never, ever told me no. Bless you, bro. Bro, do you know what that means? If I ask you something, it might be, I can't do it now because, or let me see if I can move something around and I will, but you've never said, nah, Freddie, no, I can't. And that is a genuine brotherhood love that I will always respect. Do you know what I'm saying? Always, bro. So when I say that people are looking at you and you inspire a lot of us, trust me, we're looking at you differently. Do you know what I mean? Like you are, you, you, you wave that flag. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I'm going to put it out there anyway, in the air. Because I, I, I think you'd make a great James Bond. A hundred percent. You'd definitely make the Bond. Um, I'm writing some bits and pieces now that I know, like I said, I've got a powerful piece I'm working on right now. And you know when I say it's powerful, of course. It, it's mad. Yeah, I've got something that I was working on before this whole um, lockdown thing. Um, I'm going to get back to it after the project I'm working on now. I'll talk to you about that in another conversation, yeah? I've got two games that I like to play, yeah? I've got two games. So the first one is quick fire round. I'm going to hit you with a bunch of questions and I want your first answer. Left you now, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, here we go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise? Denzel. Tits or bum? Bum. Phone calls or text messages? Text messages. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Prince? Whoa. Yeah, see, that, that one there gets a lot of people. Oh. It's got to be MJ. It's got to be MJ, man. He was, pre he was, pre he was proven innocent. That's what I can only go by. <laughs> <laughs> Man's justified it before he... <laughs> Who I grew up with, mm. and then Jay, man. Save money or spend? Wow. As the younger me would say, spend, but older me says save. Okay. And finally, horror movies or comedies? Horror. Okay. Right. So, so, so and this, this next game now, right? It's called Freddy's Freaky Fridays. Right. So I've got. Six boxes, right? Each box has got 10 different subheadings in it. I want you to give me six numbers between one and 10. You can repeat the numbers, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do on Friday if your wife wasn't around, put it that way. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? If you wasn't married, if you wasn't married, let's get that straight. I don't, I don't want her coming, inboxing me. She downstairs, she will end up having words. <laughs> <laughs> So give me six numbers between one and one and ten. Six numbers between one and ten. All right. Um, two, five, eight, um, six, nine. One more. Uh, oh, no, I said two already, didn't I? Um, 
You can say, you can say again. Say again. Okay. Um, three. I like variety. Three. All right, three. So, Charles Venn's Freaky Friday. He's <laughs> going to... <laughs> you're going to be having, wow, oral sex with Naomi Campbell on your boss's desk. And then she's going to start screaming. Then she's going to fall asleep. <laughs> and then she's going inst- insta- to Instagram it to everybody. <laughs> the only thing I can say is, damn, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, it's been a pleasure, bro. You know what? Like, as soon as lockdown's over properly, we've got to catch up, man, and meet up. I think the last time we actually had a good time was at my birthday party. Um, no, it wasn't my birthday. It was, it was, um, was it a birthday? No, it was a Christmas party. Yes. It was a Christmas right. party. It was wicked. I was, remember, I was thinking of your birthday party, the one before. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was the Christmas one. But yeah, yes. Yeah, the Christmas party. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we had a great time, man. So once lockdown's over properly, we'll have to go out for some food, some drink, and you know, do what we do. Do you know what I'm saying? I look forward um, to it. But thanks for coming through, bro. And yeah, I mean, stay safe. Stay doing what you do. And stay inspiring us, man. Thank you, my brother. Likewise, likewise, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro. So, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Room 26. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, tell your friends, dogs, cats, budgies, share. I don't care. Just tell the whole wide world. And let's make Room 26 the most listened to UK podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at room26 underscore podcast. That's at room26 underscore podcast. Thank you.